Hello and welcome to the 150th episode of Franklin Covey's On Leadership podcast series. My name is Scott Miller and I serve as your host and interviewer each week. You know, we like to create some milestones here. So for our 50th interview, we featured Stephanie McMahon. Many of you know her as the Chief Brand Officer of WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. Her interview on leadership was absolutely fascinating. And then we had Nick Vujicic as our 100th interview. Many may you know him as a best-selling author, motivational speaker. Nick, of course, is that friend of ours that was born and lives with no arms and no legs, no limbs at all. And just being in his presence is captivating. And who better to cap the 150th episode of our podcast series than the author of the book, The Gift of Forgiveness, Catherine Schwarzenegger-Pratt, who joins us today from her home. Catherine, welcome to On Leadership. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Your, your mother, of course, Maria Shriver, former first lady of uh, California. Your father, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're delighted to have you here on the show today to talk about what you've learned around this concept of forgiveness, right? Things that we've all have experienced in our life, betrayal and trauma, you and your family, of course, as well, being in the public eye, perhaps more so than others of us that are able to keep our own challenges maybe a little more private. Your book is The Gift of Forgiveness, one of several books you've written, inspiring stories from those who have overcome the unforgivable. Catherine, the book really is a compilation of... um, hopefully unrelatable stories for a lot of people. Perhaps the, the, um, the act they suffered through was unrelatable, but the journey of forgiveness is something that we all deal with, whether we're formal leaders in an organization who have felt some type of professional betrayal, whether we are friends or family members or members of communities that have felt that others have you know, done something unforgivable to us. Uh, before we launch into the in stories in the book, tell us why you chose this topic um, to be your current focus. Well, I um, thank you for having me, first of all. I'm really excited to be here and honored to be your 150th episode. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I chose to do a deep dive into forgiveness really just based off of my own struggle with forgiveness. I uh, had a really big falling out with one of my best friends, and it really put me in a situation where I was forced to really examine the role of forgiveness in my life and what it meant to me and how to practice it. And I don't think I'd ever really come to that realization before that I I really didn't know what forgiveness meant to me. And I wanted to do a deep dive into it. And I started talking to different people about what their relationship with forgiveness was. And I really found so much help in being able to listen to other people's struggles and experiences with forgiveness. And I decided to turn it into a book just because I realized that forgiveness is one of those topics that we all come face to face with at some point in our lives. Yet it's not a topic that we ever really talk about because it's a really challenging one and it's not glamorous or pretty. It's um, you know, really uh, hard and complicated for most of us most of the time. And I spent two years writing the book and um, it came out a year ago and it has been such an incredible journey of exploration and learning and just hearing everybody's experiences and journeys with forgiveness has furthered my understanding and my relationship with forgiveness and um, and I'm thrilled that it's also helped other people feel less alone in their journey with forgiveness. Catherine, you talk in the book about the gift of forgiveness and before we get into some of the stories that you feature, many of which 
describe unspeakable acts of betrayal and murder and, 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 and horror. You speak and you write, each person I interviewed for this book has taught me that you have to stay the course. Remind mm-hmm. yourself that forgiveness is a process that comes with ups and downs and uh, never judge yourself along the way, that sometimes you can forgive but not forget. Um, You yourself have struggled with this. We all have as well. Like I said, you being more so in the public eye. What is the biggest insight at the front of this conversation you'd like to share with our viewers and listeners on what you've learned most about the process of forgiveness? A couple things, actually. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway was definitely that... um, forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself and really has nothing to do with another person. That was a really big mind shift for me. And I think for a lot of people who grow up with an understanding of what forgiveness might be, we think it has to do with another person and that it is um, a sit down conversation of somebody saying, I forgive you. And, um, and that's how forgiveness is practiced. But I really learned through talking to all of these people and just hearing such a wide variety of forgiveness experiences that Forgiveness is a choice that you make for yourself, and it's a gift that you give yourself, and that gift is freedom. And if you are able to have a conversation with somebody where the I forgive you is mentioned, then that's amazing and that's great, but that's not really what forgiveness is about. It's really about you making the decision to want to leave something in the past and to not carry it in your future moving forward. And so that was a really big realization for me that I discovered while writing this book. And um, it really has allowed me to have a better relationship and better understanding of forgiveness and how to practice it. And I would also say just based off of what you read from the book that, you know, I also really learned that forgiveness is such a unique uh, topic in that each one of us has such a different relationship with it. So what forgiveness means to you is something completely different than what it means to me and that that's okay. And also our journeys and our processes of, um, of uh, our process of practicing forgiveness is so different and unique. And you'll see in this book that I have stories of people being able to forgive in, in an instant and some people who took 25 years to forgive, yeah. some people um, who took longer and some people who are still on their forgiveness journey. And that really to me was important to show a wide variety of relationships with forgiveness and understandings of forgiveness and struggles because there are a lot of people I think that we all know in our lives who are closed off to the idea of forgiveness or who continue to struggle with it. And it's also important uh, in this book that that readers will be able to read and also understand going into it that, you know, some people who are able to practice forgiveness in an instant like Chris Williams, he also talks a lot about the fact that while he was able to say, I, I want to live my life from a place of forgiveness and make the decision to forgive, that that doesn't mean that he didn't have days where he woke up and had trigger feelings or trigger moments where he was put back into a place of sadness or anger or betrayal or rage. But it's all about how you are gentle with yourself in feeling those feelings and work your way back to a place of forgiveness. So it's this idea that for a lot of people, forgiveness is not a one and done action or decision, that it is really the journey and the work of a lifetime. So it's uh, it's being gentle with yourself in that journey that I think is the most important part of the forgiveness process. Catherine, pardon the pun, but forgive me, I see so much of your mother, Maria Shriver, in you. I'm sure you're told that a lot. It's a good compliment, right? Um, it is, uh, it is a great compliment. Thank yeah. you. Yes, I get that a lot. 
Yeah, well, that's that, not too shabby. Uh, yeah. You you feature twenty plus people in here, um, most of of which we're fairly familiar with their story, or at least mm -hmm. remember it. Take us back to twenty fifteen in South Carolina. Um, you feature Polly Shepard's story. Of course, this involves the horrific shooting in that church where a young white man infiltrated, if you will, maybe the wrong term, a uh, a Bible study and and mm -hmm. shot and killed numerous. Um, people, African-American members of this community. And we talk a bit about what happened there and Polly's journey towards forgiveness. So Polly was an amazing person to talk to and to interview. And I watched an interview that she actually had done uh, just shortly after the incident in 2015. And um, I was just in awe of her ability to forgive and also just really felt that her view on forgiveness was really important to have in this book and for people to hear and to read and um, to just be able to learn something from her forgiveness experience and her journey. She spoke about forgiveness in such a matter of fact way, like it wasn't even an option to not forgive. And I thought that that was really incredible, especially, of course, given her experience and her journey. And um, and I, I think that people will get out of her story um, a really unique experience and uh, an upbringing of what forgiveness meant to her and also the importance of faith. For a lot of these people that I talked to in the book and that I've since talked to for my podcast on forgiveness, uh, the theme of faith is a huge one when it comes to people's ability to forgive and also people's ability to have a healthy relationship with forgiveness. And Polly's chapter and her section in the book really spoke true to that and um, and she talks beautifully about her relationship with faith and God and um, the whole incident that happened and just her forgiveness journey and her ability to forgive so it was it was a beautiful interview and I feel really lucky to have been able to have her in the book and I'm really excited for people to continue to be able to learn from her and her experiences with forgiveness. Uh, let's pivot to another person you highlighted um, Sue Claybold of course um, mm -hmm. the mother of one of the perpetrators of the Columbine massacre. She was quite uh, uh, prominent, you know, post um, um, yes. incident in terms of uh, the vitriol, the hate, the, the concern. Uh, she writes in your book um, that so many people offered her forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And she said, quote, I don't want to be forgiven because that implies I've done something wrong for which I need to be forgiven. What Dylan, her son, did was unforgivable. My own work with forgiveness centers around my relationship with him. That's a great insight, is when people offer someone forgiveness mm -hmm. and you don't feel like, I don't need you to forgive me. I, I, I didn't do anything to perpetrate. Walk us through that situation that we're all familiar with in our families, at work, perhaps in our association with others. Um, expand on the concept of when someone feels like they've done nothing to actually be forgiven for. I'm sure there's a lot of um, intense emotions around what role the parents did or didn't have in terms of sites they could have seen or not seen or signs. Expand on that. Right. So Sue Klebold was actually a really important uh, person to have in this book. And it was important to me, again, to be able to have all different aspects of forgiveness be portrayed in this book. So to be someone who is on a receiving end of forgiveness and to be someone who's struggling with it, someone who's able to practice it, someone who um, you know never wants to be able to practice it, to be able to just highlight all the different positions and um, 
and feelings when it comes to forgiveness, which there are so many. So to have Sue in this book was really important to me and also um, was an incredible interview as um, as the person who interviewed her. It was really beautiful conversation to, to talk to her and to just hear about her thoughts on forgiveness, which as you mentioned, is such a unique position for her to have been in and also such a devastating and challenging one. And I think that, you know, a lot of us, when we hear about these incidents, like shootings and terrible events that have happened in the world, we, a lot of the time, think directly, what did the parents do or what could they have done differently? And I think when I was talking to Sue, I was talking to her about what it was like to be in that situation and to have had your son, you know, commit the terrible acts that he did, but also to be the parent in that. And I think it, um, I really encourage people to read her section of the book with empathy and with compassion, because the situation that she was in was, was and is incredibly challenging. And of course, the lives that were lost are devastating. And those families that were affected by it, it's also devastating and heartbreaking. Um, and Sue really allowed a lot of insight into what it felt like to be told by strangers that that she was forgiven because she spoke about, you know, she did the best job that she could as a parent and as a mother. And she, you know, she was able to be the best parent to her son that she knew how to be. And she, um, you know, tried her hardest. She did the best and the best that she could. And still this happened. And of course she knows and thinks that it is a devastating event and would do anything to be able to change it and to still have her son here and to not have lost, you know, the lives that her son took. And also to be able to um, understand that forgiveness is really, again, about an individual person's journey and not necessarily about someone coming up to someone and saying, they forgive you or you are forgiven when it hasn't necessarily been requested. So I think it again speaks to the complexities behind the subject of forgiveness and also the various different relationships people have right. with forgiveness right. and also, you know, a unique person's role in the act of forgiveness and the topic of forgiveness, which would be Sue's position in the whole incident that happened. Catherine, you don't claim to be a mental health therapist. You're not. You spent several years <laughs> experiencing the path of forgiveness in your own life. You've written about it extensively in your research. What have you found are the commonalities when people struggle with forgiving someone else and what advice might you give someone listening or watching today as they are in a situation where they need to forgive someone, perhaps someone who's passed, perhaps someone who's out of their life and not coming back but they're still holding on to this. How could you address that and help the millions of people who are listening, every one of which could benefit from your insight around how to move towards forgiveness for someone else? <laughs> wow, so much pressure. But I, um, I, I do think it's important that you mentioned that I am not an expert on forgiveness. I always like to preface that even though, even though I have written a book on forgiveness and that I've done a lot of research on forgiveness and talked to a tremendous amount of people about their forgiveness journeys that I am by no means an expert on forgiveness. And I have been lucky enough to have been able to practice forgiveness in my life. I also have struggled with it. And I also know in my future that there will be moments that I will struggle with yeah. forgiveness as well. And I really 
have been able to draw inspiration from the stories in my book and just continuing to talk to people, um, you know, a year later since the book has come out about their forgiveness experiences. And those really help me when I feel like I'm stuck and not able to forgive. I really draw inspiration from other people's experiences. So that's first and foremost. <laughs> um, I would say that a lot of people, you know, when you do a book on forgiveness, people say, what are the three quick hacks on being able to forgive or to practice forgiveness? And the unfortunate answer is that there isn't three quick steps on how to forgive because everyone's relationship with forgiveness and situation when it comes to being given the opportunity to practice forgiveness is so unique and so different and so complicated. And I would say that the number one first step overall is just to be open to forgiveness because I think there are so many of us who can either relate to having been closed off to the idea of forgiveness at some point in our lives. And we also might know people who are also closed off to the idea of forgiveness and wonder if they ever will be able to forgive and what their life would look like if they were able to welcome forgiveness into their life. So the first step is just to be open to it. And I think if you're listening to this podcast episode, if you're you know interested in picking up a book on forgiveness, that you're already there. So um, to, to be aware that that's a great first step. And I think just overall the themes that I would say are reassuring and encouraging when it comes to the topic of forgiveness is that while there is no manual or tool book on how to practice forgiveness, that while that can be really daunting and scary, it's also really encouraging because there is no right or wrong way to forgive. There's only your way to forgive and uh, to be gentle with yourself in that process, because it is a really challenging process for so many people. And it is, you know, again, something that you need to make the decision to live in a place of forgiveness every day. When you wake up for a lot of people, it isn't a one and done thing. It is a, the work of a lifetime. And it is something that you need to constantly remind yourself of when you, get those, you know, those feelings or those, um, those memories that might send you back to a place of feeling angry or hurt, that that's okay. And that's all part of the journey of forgiveness. And it's all about how you handle those moments of being triggered or having anger or sadness or betrayal and being able to work your way back to a place of forgiveness. And that's what the forgiveness journey is really all about. Um, and then, as I said before, the most important theme that has come from this book is just really being able to allow people to understand that it that forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself and it isn't about another person it's really only about you and if the person is no longer in your life if they've you know passed on if you don't ever want to sit in the same room as them ever again that you can still practice forgiveness because it is just about you making the decision to move forward from something that's happened to leave the baggage or the weight of anger or betrayal or sadness or hurt in the past and to be able to make peace with it and move forward in your life, knowing that you might have moments where you feel like you're having a setback, but that's okay. And just making that decision is such a huge step in your forgiveness journey. Catherine, you write about, we're all going to be provided the opportunity at some yes. point in our lives to practice forgiveness. And you kind of highlight the word opportunity as yes. if there's some great learning. Of course there is, as you've just mentioned, what would you say to those people that are being faced right now with an opportunity to forgive someone else? When that other person is not asking for forgiveness, they've not offered an apology. In fact, they've dug in, which might be exacerbating your desire not to forgive them. I'm sure I've described maybe 
not so eloquently, a lot of people's situation. Any advice you would give to someone that has uh, been wronged, the other person not only does not offer an apology, is in complete denial, and in fact might even be attacking them or perpetuating this situation. Um, any insight there? So when I came out with this book, a lot of people came to me and said, what if I feel like I can't forgive? What if I feel like forgiveness isn't an option for me and that the hurt that I experienced is too intense and the sadness and the heartbreak and you know what has happened to me is unforgivable? And I always say to that, I understand that and that's okay. And I get that because there are you know, things that happen to people that are unforgivable. And I think if you read this book, you will see that that is um, definitely shown in the pages of this book of people coming face to face with what most of us consider to be unforgivable acts. And some of them have been able to forgive and others are still struggling with forgiveness. So when anybody says to me, what if I can't forgive? I always say, I get that, that's, that's totally fine. I'm not in a position to ever tell someone to hurry up and forgive. I would never do that. I would never even tell myself to hurry up and forgive because forgiveness is for a lot of us, as I said, the work of a lifetime and, and it is a journey. So I, I think that everybody needs to come to their decision to forgive and to welcome forgiveness into their life in their own time. And I, one of the women that I interviewed for this book, Deborah Kopakin, she talked about forgiving um, her rapist 25 years after the incident had happened. And I said to her, do you wish that you had come to this sooner, that you had forgiven them sooner? And she said, no, because she wouldn't have been ready. So I think that that to me is also really encouraging to people who feel like this pressure to hurry up and forgive and move on in their life when the reality is, is that, you know, you need to come to it at your own time, your own comfort level and when you feel ready. And so that to me, was a really encouraging thing to hear from her. And also just to know in the overall theme of forgiveness is that there is no timeline on when you need to forgive, as you'll see in this book, that people forgive at all different phases of life and um, and situations. And um, and you need to get to that point on, on your own of when you feel like you're able to do that and able to welcome that into your life. And I, I specifically talk about it as an opportunity because you will see that when people talk about having been able to practice forgiveness, that the feeling that they feel of just incredible freedom and um, mm -hmm. and a sense of, of freedom and opportunity after being able to forgive is just tremendous. And I think that's why I, it was important to me to highlight it as the opportunity to forgive because it is such a, um, a meaningful choice to welcome forgiveness into your life and to choose to practice forgiveness and the ripple effect that it has around for those around you and also just in your life moving forward is uh, is truly remarkable. From your interviews with these 20 uh, plus people, and the book is absolutely riveting, right? I mean, it's horrifying in sections, the detail, right? That a lot of your um, contributors highlight the, the, in some cases, um, genocide and, and, and rape and murder and just unspeakable acts. You also highlight Elizabeth Smart, who we've had on this podcast before and who, of course, is a resident and neighbor of ours here in Utah, the victim's right advocate in the you know, the kidnapping survivor. When we had Elizabeth on, she talked a lot about forgiving, of course, her captors who are both still alive and incarcerated and up for parole, oddly enough, at various times here in Utah. And it seemed very freeing for her to have now moved to forgiveness. And I know you talk about forgiveness being a process, but in your research, Catherine, have you found that 
It's also an event, like if someone does the work that they need to do, does the next day become better? Is, it, is, is there like a pivot event you have found that people, once they've moved to forgiveness, the next day is better? Or, or is it always a process? No, I think it's, it's, you know, again, as I said, it's so unique to every single person's situation and uh, relationship with forgiveness. For some people that you'll see in this book, they, like Elizabeth, you make the decision to forgive and, you know, that's that. And you live your life from a place of forgiveness. You don't turn back. You don't look back. And that's uh, that's a choice that you make. And then for a lot of people, uh, you know, you'll, you choose to forgive and then you have certain moments where you're reminded of what happened to you and you feel sad again or you feel angry about something that has happened to you and uh, you don't necessarily feel like you're living in a place of forgiveness and that's part of forgiveness as well and it's all about how you welcome those feelings and welcome those emotions and you know again work your way back to living in a place of forgiveness so i think that you know it's so unique to every single person's situation and it's also all about being gentle with yourself in the journey with forgiveness that, you know, you might today feel great about your decision to forgive someone 10 years ago, but then tomorrow you might be reminded of something and then be upset about it. And that's all part of this journey. It's all part of the, the experience of learning about forgiveness, of learning your relationship with forgiveness and how to practice it. And also how to work your way back to the decision that you made to forgive. In fact, you write about that point beautifully in your book. If I don't mind, I'm going to bore you with a quick passage that I think is really helpful. You say, forgiveness is rarely a simple act. It's more often an ongoing process to achieve your freedom and peace of mind from a particular incident or person. It's when you no longer carry the resentment, anger, shame, or negative feelings when you can let them go. It's when you no longer allow an incident to have control over your life, mentally, physically, and spiritually. It is acknowledging the pain and hurt, allowing yourself to feel it, and then getting to a place where you can release it, but not forget it. We hear this adage, you know, forgive and forget. Again, yeah. I know every situation is different. You've been careful to clarify that important nuance. Is there such a thing as forgive and forget? For some people. Definitely. I think you'll see that in the book is that some people feel like they can forgive and forget. Um, and then a lot of people don't forgive and forget. And um, that was something that I really wanted to explore when doing this book was this idea of this, you know, we hear about forgive and forget. And can you really forgive and forget? Can you really um, make the decision to practice forgiveness and forget about a wrongdoing or a situation that caused you pain or hurt or sadness? Or is that something that that you know puts too much pressure on the process of forgiveness in order to have to just delete something from your mind or from your your core, your body, or um, or your your life. And I think for a lot of people, this idea of forgiving and forgetting isn't really possible. Yeah. But there are people that you know it is possible to do that. Um, and also to know that just because you don't forget something, that doesn't mean that you haven't practiced forgiveness. That you can forgive someone and not forget. Yeah, well said. Uh, I know our time is ending here. I want to have you take just a couple of minutes and talk about Mark Kelly. Of course, Mark Kelly is the spouse of uh, the former Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, who was shot um, several years ago and has you know, made this miraculous, not full recovery, 
but now as an advocate for many causes. I believe Mark Kelly is now even running for Senate in Arizona. In some cases, um, people like Mark Kelly can perhaps forgive the perpetrator. I believe the, 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 the attacker maybe even had some mental illness, which is often the case when those crimes, not always, but sometimes. And he's channeled his um, forgiveness and momentum towards the root cause, right, of mental illness and helping to solve. I, I'm guessing in many ways, part of the forgiveness process is not just forgiving the incident and the person, but looking broader at how can your support your love and your journey be helping to solve maybe a bigger problem that contributed to that cause. How do you get there? Well, I think you, you really see that in this book, a lot of the people that I've talked to have done just that, which is take a situation that has happened to them or to a loved one and have decided to make it their life's work to raise awareness about a specific situation, um, start an organization, write a book about it, speak about it from the heart, talk about forgiveness, and really to help other people be more aware of what they went through and also to hope, hopefully spare someone else from experiencing the exact same thing. So if you look at Elizabeth Smart, obviously she's a huge advocate for, um, for you know protecting children and writes books about it, speaks about it. Mark Kelly, the exact same thing, obviously has you know is now in the Senate. Um, you know every single person has decided to really make it their life's work to talk about the situation that has happened to them and to be advocates for a particular issue. If it's gun violence, um, if it's uh, mental health, if it's parenting, if it's um, you know the Rwandan genocide if it's relationship struggles, uh, friendship betrayal, all of these people have really turned what has happened to them into part of their life's work and their life's mission. And so I think that is part of the forgiveness journey and part of their way of practicing forgiveness and also making peace with what has happened to them in order to move forward in their lives. Catherine, thanks for your time today. You've authored numerous books, you host podcasts, you're married, of course, to the much less famous Chris Pratt, what is on the horizon next for you? What should we look for from you next? Uh, well, I am a new mommy, so I'm definitely, that's my most important um, thing that I am focusing on right now. And then the paperback version of this book comes out um, on the 30th, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And um, just continuing to be able to talk about forgiveness and spread awareness. And I also am hosting at Instagram a series on my Instagram channel that I go live every Thursday for, it's called BDA Baby, Before, During, After Baby. And I'm really passionate about all of those conversations that I've been having about motherhood and new motherhood and so many other amazing topics. And we've had incredible guests on. So I'm really looking forward to continuing that and just feel really lucky and blessed to be able to do things that I'm so passionate about. Catherine, the book is The Gift of Forgiveness, Aspiring Stories from Those Who Have Overcome the Unforgivable. You are so poised and so elegant. Your parents have clearly done a great job of raising you, and congrats on being a new mother. Thank you for joining well, us today. Such a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And for being our 150th guest. I know. Thank you. <laughs> so I, mean, I mean, of all the things you've done in life, does anything compare to being 150 on Franklin Covey's podcast? I'm sure I the mean, answer I is yes. I can't think of anything. can't think of anything. <laughs> uh, thank you again, Catherine. And, and thank you for joining us. What a great topic for all leaders, right? Because all of us have experienced some level of duplicity, frustration, betrayal in um, every aspect of our life. And uh, I think reading the book 
really gives you a sense of comparison. If Elizabeth Smart can forgive her captors and abusers and the tortures that they perpetrated on top of her, to her, all of us, I think, can come around to a level of forgiveness. I appreciate you joining us today. Pick up a copy of this book, um, The Gift of Forgiveness from Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt, and we'll see you back here next week for a new interview on leadership. <laughs>